The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Travion, I'm not a cheater, but I cheated today. On my diet. Oh. Something I've been trying to take very seriously. But yesterday, it was you know, the, the topic was kind of brought up yesterday on fast food. And after the show, it kind of hit me. I was like, man, you know what sounds really good? Royal Burger from Vista. Because I remember as a kid going there all the time. And I wasn't, I wasn't a McDonald's kid. I wasn't a Burger King kid. My family liked to do Long John Silver sometimes. But when it came to a burger, it was either Cream Cup or Vista. And earlier today, I got one. Whew, did that hit the spot? That's a good cheat right there. Didn't get the fries, and I probably should have, but I didn't. But the burger hit the spot. Have you been to Vista? Yes. What'd you think? Pretty good? It's good. Yeah. It, it's well, and I love like the dessert menu. That's next. I can't do them both at the same time. You know, diet thing, right? But I got to go back and get that that Cyclone. That Oreo Cyclone. Anyway, I'm going to go on a tangent here. Well, I'm going to go on a praising of Vista if I'm not too careful here. But welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner and Travion Berkland with us today. Just us two. As Troy is in McPherson once again, he'll be joining us after the show because we're only on for an hour. I say joining us, but we're only on for an hour because at 5 o'clock I got to get out of here, head over to the Manhattan High School for Manhattan Boys against Blue Valley, which tips off at 6. That'll be an online-only broadcast today. And then at 6.30, tip off for the Manhattan Girls as they're in tournament action at the Mid-America Classic to take on St. James Academy at 6.30 with pregame at about 6.15. And that'll be uh, an on-air broadcast. So Troy will be on-air with Manhattan Girls. I'll be online only with the boys. Unfortunately, they're kind of playing at the same time, so we had to put one online and one on-air. So, uh, But we'll go with the road team on-air today. And then, of course, the Cats taking on Florida Saturday at 5 o'clock with pregame starting at 4 and the, the K-State women's basketball team at 5 on Sunday is at KU. Uh, and that'll be a pregame of 4.30 on our sister station, Sunny 102.5. Okay, one more thing about Vista. I, I'd always heard, so my dad would always tell me these stories. And ever since he told me a certain part of his story, it's something I've kind of always wanted to try. And that is, they would just, it used to be a pretty popular thing to do, is just go drive around. Your friends, with your friends, you just go drive around in your muscle car. And they'd always go to Vista and get a box of fries. I was like, a box of fries? I was like, what are we talking about? Like, a bo-, He's like, a box of fries. We would just get a box of fries and, and snack on them. I'm like, okay. Like, my friends and I, we used to like to drive around. Maybe I could arrange something like that. Like old times, get a box of fries and drive around MHK. All right. We're only on until 5 o'clock. 4.40, we'll be joined by K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. We'll get a little Mitch in Vegas in. I, I, I'm putting together a 10-game parlay that I think will hit. 
But right now, since it is our last show of the week, win or lose for the Manhattan Girls, I'm going to take tomorrow off. I don't get to take many days off. So that means we got to get a prediction in for the, for the Florida game. And there's only one way to do that. Here's Mitch Ball with Saturday prediction. You know, the last time I did a Thursday Mitch Palm, it went really well. So I figured, since we don't have a show Friday, I need to still do it. I have to get Mitch Palm in, even if it's two days prior. So here it is. Number five, Kansas State, 17-3 with a 6-2 record in conference play. As they're going to take on Florida in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Cats coming off a loss to number 12, Iowa State, 80-76. to Most points given up by the Cyclones at Hilton Coliseum this season. Plus, it was the first Big 12 team to score more than 70 against Iowa State. Pro- Iowa State's probably the best defense in Big 12 basketball. Meanwhile, Florida, pretty good defensively as well. They have won five of their last six, so they come in pretty hot to Brandledge Coliseum. And last night, did you catch the game? They beat South Carolina with a big second half, 81-60. to 60. All right, storyline number one in Mitch Palm between K-State and Florida. How are these teams done against their opponents' conference this year? Now, it's kind of funny. We've, we, we've reached this part of the season, and K-State's just played one SEC team. It feels like in the past they're playing two or three before they get to the challenge. Nope, just one opponent. But it was a big one. It was a championship game. Cayman Islands Classic, Cats knock off LSU 61-59. At the time, and you know, of course, LSU's like a brand new team, new coach, new team, new everything. At the time, that was a gigantic win because LSU was looking really good at the time. Now, LSU is 12-8, is and eight, same record as Florida. And Florida beat LSU a few games ago by 11, 67-56. And now LSU's on a seven-game losing streak. Hmm. Meanwhile, how has Florida done against the Big 12? Not great. They're 0-2. And they've played against two of the bottom three teams in the conference. Their first loss in conference play, or at least to the Big 12, was to West Virginia. And the Mountaineers made the Gators look silly. The final score is 84-55. to Really all West Virginia did, they actually played pretty good defense and hit some shots. Obviously, hit shots, they scored 84 points, but their defense was really good. They held Florida 34.5% from the field and just 2 of 17 from 3. And then Florida, just before SEC play, would fall to Oklahoma 62-53. And Oklahoma struggles to put together a strong 40 minutes. So to break down Florida, I'm I'm going to keep it simple. I'm just going to go defense and offense. And let's start with the defense because that's where Florida is much better. They're ranked 13th in the country according to Ken Palm when it comes to defensive efficiency. That's nationally. They're only allowing teams to score 65 points per game. They're also really good at blocking shots. As a team, the Gators are blocking 5.9 a game. That is fifth in the country. Remember last time, you know, K-State's actually in the last few weeks, three weeks maybe, uh, it's 
played a couple of really good shot-blocking teams, and Oklahoma State was one of them. Would they have six in the game against K-State, maybe seven? Florida's 34th nationally in field goal percentage defense at 39.9%. That would be second best in the Big 12. Only one SEC opponent offensively against Florida's defense has shot better than 40% from the field. And by the way, they're also 80th in field goal defense against the three-pointer at 31.3%. Meanwhile, let's go to the offensive side of the floor for the Florida Gators. I'm not really that impressed. I think they're average. I think they're, they, they can be good. And, and once in a while, they can be great. But I think usually they're just they're good. Okay to good. Numbers wise, they're you know, they're an average team. Averaging 72 a game, that's seventh in the SEC. They're shooting 44%, sixth in the SEC. That'd be almost last in the Big 12. 33% from three. I'm not scared when it comes to Florida shooting the three, except for one player. And that's Will Richard. He's a 6'4 guard who's averaging 10 points a game, five and a half assists, and he's a really good three-point shooter at 43.5%. Now there's one there's one other player. Florida only has two guys that score in double figures. The other player is Colin Castleton. There's a lot that worries me about him. He's a 6'1 forward. First of all, his size is going to be tough to compete with his athleticism because he's averaging 15 points a game. He's a big that can shoot. He can rebound with eight a game. It's going to be really tough. I've seen K-State, I think, struggle with boxing out in games recently. That might be the biggest competition yet to try to box out. Somebody that big and that athletic who grabs eight rebounds a game plus hell of a shot blocker. Hell of a shot blocker. He has over 60 this year. He's averaging over three a game. He's also decent with free throws, and he steals the basketball. He kind of does it all. And I'm wondering, like, who can K-State match him up with? I don't know if K-State truly has, especially, you know, you play as good as your last game. You know, who's going to be able to stop him? We saw... K-State struggle with the big man for Iowa State, Oshuna Shuni'i. And Mitch Holtis even mentioned it. That was a big thing that stood out to him. Just that one-on-one post-up defense. Struggled. He was very good. Was Oshuna Shuni'i. That's going to be a really tough stop for K-State. Really tough stop. But you know, this is a non-con game. And with non-con, there's one major factor... That is a big decision maker when it comes to Mitch Palm's prediction. And that is famous alumni for the Florida Gators. I'll be interested to know if Travion knows who I'm about to mention. Steven Root. You familiar with Steven Root? Nope. Well, he played Milton in office space. Okay. He was in dodgeball. And he was the voice of Bill in King of the Hill. Okay. Yeah. He's had some pretty interesting roles. Mitch Palm is a fan. A lot of Mike Judge stuff. Yes. Yes, very true. 
When it comes to a singer, I found, uh, you know, when it comes like to the actors and singers and, and all that, musicians, wasn't like anybody that really jumped out. But you know what? Mel Tillis graduated from Florida. Now, there is a Mel Tillis-Fortner connection, believe it or not. Because I mentioned last week on the show, my dad is a master craftsman, and I got none of that in my in my blood. When it comes to talent and also interest, just isn't really my thing. But my dad did all the woodwork in his theater in Branson, Missouri. Coca-Cola Cowboy. You don't know that song? Nope. <laughs> and then finally, the last famous alumni, Bob Vila. Bob Vila graduated from Florida. I never would have took him as a Florida man. I would think like West Virginia or Indiana or something. But no, he's a Florida guy. If you don't know who Bob Vila is, he was known for his home improvement television shows. I remember this old house. That's what I remember most. It was on PBS. I wasn't old enough to watch, you know, like when the episodes were new, as reruns. And then he had other shows in the 90s and uh, in the early 2000s. He's still alive. I don't know what he's up to. I think he's still alive. Anyway, that's about as, honestly, I think as interesting as that Florida alumni gets. Honestly, when you think Florida, I'm thinking, man, they're going to have, like, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt and all these people. Brad Pitt, by the way, Missouri. Nah, I thought that was about as good as it gets. Honestly, a little underwhelming, but still some cool dudes. But honestly, here's the final factor. That was really just filler. I'll be honest with it. That was filler because I wanted to get to this point. And that's Keontae Johnson. He was asked if this was going to be an emotional game for him after you know the loss to Iowa State. And no, not really. Just talked to some of these guys. Hear me out with this comparison. Yes, he did, of course, play for Florida for a couple of years. He collapsed on the floor two years ago against Florida State. Did not play for Florida since. He has since transferred to K-State, and he's been amazing in my opinion. But now he's about to play against some of his former teammates and friends. As he said, he's been communicating with some of them about the game, but he's not really emotional about it. But here, here's where the emotion plays in. I think this is good emotion that'll show up on Saturday. As you know, I was snuffed of an honorable mention all NCKL when I was a senior in high school as a defensive lineman. But when we played against Concordia, no joke, every single offensive lineman for Concordia was a good friend of mine, and we are still friends to this day. I know every single one of them. And I thought it was cool, like I get to play against my friends, but I really wanted to beat them. I was more jacked for that game than I was ever for any other game. Because I wanted to kick their ass so badly. So I could have those bragging rights. So I could forever say, I bested you. And guess what? We we kicked their butts. We won like by 24 points. And I also had a sack force fumble in that game. No big deal. This is what I'm getting at. This Florida team still has four guys from that team that Keontae Johnson was last on. Including the big guy that I mentioned earlier for Florida... Colin Castleton. I think Keontae's going to be jacked for this game. We're going to see a more quality, a more pure, a more badass Keontae Johnson against Florida because he doesn't want to lose to these guys. The collapse on the floor is one part of it. I think more of the emotional part of this is playing against former teammates and really wanting to beat them. 
Ken Palm has predicted this game. K-State has a 68% chance of beating the Gators by the final score of 73-68. You know, if this Florida team was playing in the Big 12, they're a bottom half Big 12 team. They are. But right now, they are a top half SEC program that is playing pretty good basketball right now. And according to, you know, RPI, I think SEC comes in as the second best conference, but nobody's as close, or nobody comes close to the Big 12. So, my prediction Mitch Palm goes with an 81% chance for the Cats, 77 65, the final. When we come back, let's make some bets as we head out west. Can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fella once said, Ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black. Travion, you graduated from Blue Valley Stillwell, right? Blue Valley Randolph. Oh, you went to Blue Valley Randolph? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where do your folks live? I grew up in Oldsburg, Kansas, which is like 20 minutes oh, north. Oh, I thought you had I thought you had grown up out further east. Nope. Oh, my bad. Nope. Never mind. Cause I remember you telling us one time you graduated from Blue Valley. And honestly, I Yes, I do think of Blue Valley. My mind uh, uh, goes towards Overland Park. Right. Still well. Right. All right, never mind. Common misconception. Not the Rams, the Tigers are in town. That's the boys. Manhattan boys coming up at 6. That'll be online only at newsradiokman.com. And as Troy said, he'll have uh, pregame at about 6.15 for the Manhattan girls taking on St. James Academy. And McPherson is the 28th annual Mid-America Classic. All right. Travion, let's step into the casino. Let's make some picks for the weekend. I don't usually do this, but... um, if you make parlays and it's not with money lines, you're just ask you're just you're you're just handing the money to the casino or whoever, FanDuel or DraftKings whatever. It's harder to win, a lot harder to win by the lines than it is money line, for sure. So here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to help you win some money. And this was influenced by Trey Coverdale in his betting strategy of betting college basketball. And he just picks heavy favorites. Picks like 15 or 20 of them. And then puts a couple of bucks on it to hope he wins about 15 to $20. Big 12 SEC Challenge. I'm going to pick all 10 games so you can win some cash. K-State in Florida, obviously going K-State. KU Kentucky, tricky, but at Rupp Arena, even though Kentucky, when John Cap was... What did he lose, like five of six or four in a row and five of seven or something like that? And he thought Kentucky was burning down and they're 14 and six right now un, uh, and uh, not ranked. Tickets also very expensive. Actually, so how about this? Check this out. I just noticed this. Secondary site tickets are more expensive for Florida K-State than they are Kansas and Kentucky. The cheapest ticket I'm seeing for K-State Florida which, of yes, is a sold-out game, is $157. The cheapest I've seen for K-State or KU Kentucky is a buck five, $105. Strange times we're living in, isn't it? 
but it's good. It's fantastic, actually. I'm going to go Kentucky. I think Kentucky knocks off Kansas. Four losses in a row for KU. Doesn't seem logical, but I'm going with Rupp Arena. Auburn, West Virginia. So this one, I've been kind of going back and forth because I kind of have Auburn on upset alert going into this one. However, that was prior to them getting embarrassed and losing at home to Texas A&M. I think it was last night, wasn't it? I was thinking, you know, West Virginia, I I, kind of thought they would lose to Tech, but Tech ends up losing that game. That was a bit of a surprise in Lubbock. I think I'm going to still go Auburn. I think I'm going to still go Auburn. Even though it's in Morgantown, give me 15th-ranked Tigers. Alabama at Oklahoma, that's a very easy one. I think Alabama rolls. It's tied through Norman, Oklahoma. 1 o'clock ESPN2 is number 12, Iowa State and Missouri. I think this could be a really good one, but I'm going to go Cyclones. LSU and Texas Tech in Baton Rouge. These are two programs that are struggling right now because Texas Tech is 0 for in Big 12 play at 0 and 8. LSU is almost just as bad at 1 and 7. I think I might have to go LSU. By the way, tickets as low as $2 for that one. TCU at Mississippi State, that's an easy win for TCU. Baylor and Arkansas State, Baylor's offense. I think we'll outplay Arkansas. And I think Arkansas is a very good three-point shooting team this year, if I I remember correctly. And it's in Waco. I'm going to go Baylor. Texas at Tennessee. Give me Tennessee to win that game in a top-10 matchup. And then the final one is Oklahoma State and Ole Miss. Oklahoma State playing a lot better recently. They've also played very well at home, or at least they're winning games at home this year at Gallagher-Iba. Almost all of their wins have been at home this year for Oklahoma State. Also, Ole Miss sucks. They're bad. So give me the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So once again, here are your 10 picks. K-State, Kentucky, Auburn, Alabama, Iowa State, LSU, TCU, Baylor, Tennessee, and Oklahoma State. So by my count, that's a win in the challenge for the Big 12. And I, gosh, the last time K-State's won a Big 12 SEC challenge game was was 2018. It's been a while. Now, speaking of picks, want to squeeze these in as well. The conference championship games in the NFL. NFL, uh, The NFC championship is 49ers and Eagles, 2 o'clock on Fox. I didn't put any notes together. This is all a hunch for me. But did you know this 49ers-Eagles game is the first conference championship game ever between two quarterbacks younger than 25? Jalen Hurts for the Eagles and um, and for the 49ers is Brock Purdy. I agree with Mitch Holtis. I think clock will strike midnight for Brock Purdy. This is a type of game where the Eagles are going to start hot. Remember, these are two really good defenses, really good defenses, but the Eagles have the best defense in the NFL. It's going to be a quick start for the Eagles. I think they'll get out to like 14-0 in the first quarter, and then it might be back and forth struggle and a fight the rest of the way but I'm going to take the Eagles to cover the two and a half points and then the AFC championship game Bengals and Chiefs Chiefs a one point favorite 530 on CBS of course the call right here on K-Man you know a couple of days ago I, I was definitely leaning Bengals definitely leaning Bengals of how good Joe Burrow was against Buffalo. The defense really was did a fantastic job against 
the Buffalo Bills offense. But also, you know, these two teams have played twice in the last calendar year, and both, by the way, by the exact same final score with the Bengals winning 27-24. The issue with the Chiefs against the Bengals is they do not close out the games well. They haven't figured out how to beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And by the way, have you heard the new nickname for Arrowhead Stadium? Burrowhead Stadium. And I agree with the Dan Patrick show. The Bengals win again. That's going to stick. Going back to the AFC Championship game last year, Bengals score, what, 11 in the third quarter, and then it's a couple of field goals in the fourth. So the Chiefs able to get to overtime, but then an interception for Patrick Mahomes leads to a Bengals field goal. And then on the flip side, it was Bengals again in the second half to come back and close it out and win that game in Cincinnati. And, of course, the question is, how honestly, how good is the ankle for Patrick Mahomes? If he takes a hit, lands awkwardly at any time, how bad is it going to be? I don't think he can beat the Bengals on one leg. I just don't. And I hate to say it, Chiefs, but I got to go Bengals. I got to go Bengals. And I think the over-under is 47. And I think it's about the same for the NFC Championship game. I'd take the under, honestly, in both of those matchups. All right, that's Mitch in Vegas. Sorry, Chiefs fans, but I got to go with my gut on that one. I really do. But when we come back, we talk K-State women's basketball with head coach Jeff Mitty after the break. until 5 o'clock. ESPN Radio will take you through 5 to 6. Manhattan Basketball boys will be online only. Taking on Blue Valley at 6. 6.30 for the girls. Taking on St. James Academy in McPherson. That'll be on air. And Troy Coverdale will have the call. Scheduled to join to be joined by Jeff Mitty, KC women's basketball coach in just a few moments. Um, I'm actually about, Stravion, to send a big text here to my girlfriend. Uh, she's going to be very happy about this news I just learned. Because she's a big fan of these folks. I want to send her the I want to send her the text first, and then I'll let everybody know. And this is kind of a few days old, uh, but I think if if you haven't heard, many people will be pumped to hear this. All right, so I sent the text. Uh, Brooks and Dunn are going back on tour, and they're coming to Kansas City in May. I saw that. That'd be you know. Not the biggest country music fan. I did do a uh, top ten list of my favorite country songs, but it's all like older country. I think the oldest was a 90s song. Uh, I think Brooks and Dunn would be a good show. Now, <laughs> I only know one song. Is it Neon Moon? No. What is Even it? Even though I know that song too, actually. Okay. Um, Boot Scoot Boot, and Boot, Boogie. Boot Scoot and Boogie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's also funny is Scotty McCreary is going to be is going to be opening that show. He actually so he was the performer at the Liberty Bowl when Case it was there in, in 2019. 
And I remember like only the bands, the bands had to be out there right away. Like K-State had to go, had to go because Scotty McCreary was performing at halftime. And I think he was known for like a song in 2013. And I don't even know what that song is. He was on uh, American Idol. Oh, too. is that what he's famous mm-hmm. for? That's what yeah. I remember him from. I just remember he had like one popular song and it was all over the radio. Couldn't get it out of there. And then, uh, yeah, he's probably playing a bunch of bars now. But now, but that's a big payday. Going on tour with Brooks and Dunn, that'd be a big day for him. Uh, we're now joined by K-State women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. Coach, are you a big fan of Brooks and Dunn? <laughs> uh, I, I do like some of their music. I do. Well, they're coming to Kansas City May 4th. Really? So Interesting. I have to go check that out. Because didn't you go, uh, weren't you on vacation recently and you got to go to a, you, you found time to go to a, a country show? Well, we went to Eric Church out in San Diego. Uh, that was about last spring after the, uh, it was actually in May, after the uh, Big 12 meetings in Arizona. So, yeah, we uh, had a great time at uh, Eric Church in San Diego. Well, Coach, your team's now 13-8 uh, and eight with a 2-6 and six record of Big 12 play. Knocked off TCU last weekend at home, 64-48. And then uh, O.J.C. Hoy gets revenge on you, winning last night 82-74. To start with, uh, the win over TCU, Gabby Gregory pours in 21 points. You had three and double figures. Serena Sundell with a nice day. Uh, I guess probably the great thing about that was you just you ended that four-game losing streak, just got one back under your belt and got some confidence back. Yeah, yeah, we had, um, yeah, we, we've got to, we've got to play better, but you're right. Um, that was a game where, uh, we moved the ball better. We had faced a lot of zone for 40 minutes. TCU pretty much played a zone for that stretch. Um, thought our ball movement got better as the game went on and, and, and thought we, I thought our defense had a really good awareness. Um, TCU has struggled shooting the ball, but they, they've had some, Good games with, um, particularly uh, their transfer from Iowa. Though so we had a good awareness and uh, overall, just good to get back on the right side of things and, and get a little confidence back. And I mentioned last night, Oklahoma State gets the win. It got really exciting though in that fourth quarter. I must say, uh, when you're down 16 and you got within five, unfortunately couldn't close the rest of the gap. But again, Serena Sundell comes up with 21 points, uh, and also you know Gabby Gregory's coming off the bench and, and gets you 11. But what I was curious to know is, okay, so this was your first rematch of the Big 12 slate. It was just a few weeks between the games. Did you see any big differences from J.C. Hoyt's? game plan to uh which may have been different maybe they learned something about you in game one and made a change in game two was there any big difference between the two games i think their guards were more physical defensively with us than they were in game one um i think that has been a something that uh, we've seen teams do so obviously jc saw west virginia do that to us all texas tech and and uh so they were more physical that way. It didn't surprise us because uh, our our young really got to grow up in that area, playing through contact, handling physical play, and um, that's an area that we need to grow through. So that was probably the biggest difference that I saw. Now, even though you got guards that you know, of course, are over six foot feet tall, you know, in Big Twelve play, you got some of those bigger forwards. Especially, I mean, KU certainly has one that's six six. But without like Aoka Lee, have, has there been have have you seen a struggle with just with maybe a little bit of a size differential at the forward position, especially now that you don't have for this season 
you know, the six six forward that can play a lot of minutes defensively? Well, you know, we knew coming in uh, to the season that we were going to play more small ball uh, once once Lee had to have the knee surgery. So, you know, with that, it kind of giveth and taketh away, you know. And, and one of the things that uh, we've done better over the last couple of weeks is we've uh, moved the ball better, shot the ball better. But when you play small ball, you've got to be able to shoot the basketball. And um, I think we're starting to move the ball better. You know, in the non-con, um, it's kind of a, you know, the non-con is always about kind of unbalanced schedule, right? You play a really good team, and then you play a team that that maybe isn't so good. So you don't quite get exposed. And, um, you know, now Big 12, you're looking at 18 games that is going to be a grind and different styles and different things. So... Um, what I like about us right now, I liked our fight at the end of the game. I thought we really competed hard. I thought we really gave ourselves an opportunity. I think our ball movement's getting better. Um, I think we're back to uh, uh, um, playing together better and um, shooting the ball um, a little bit better than we were maybe two weeks ago. What is uh, speaking of uh, Aoka Lee? We haven't uh, haven't asked a question about her recently. Just about her recovery. Where's she at right now? Yeah, you know what? Um, I had a meeting early this morning uh, with the trainer, Yoki, uh, doctor, and just kind of everything's good. Everything's really good. Uh, they were really uh, thrilled with uh, you know where she's at, where her progress is at. Um, as I've stated, before, uh, this is a slow process with this procedure, um, there were a lot of things that needed to be corrected in there. So, um, the picture, everything looked really, really good. So we were, I was really excited about coming out of that meeting, uh, especially for her because she'd been in such pain and, um, she is not in the, not even remotely close. Uh, uh, her pain level is really low right now and, uh, her rehab's going well. Uh, going back to the Oklahoma State game, I actually want to jump back to Gabby Gregory, who finished with 11 points, but she she came off the bench, and as I understand, she was a little under the weather. Was the game plan to kind of limit her a little bit, try to take some of the workload off of her because of being a little bit sick, or what was the plan last night? No, that wasn't the plan uh, uh, at all. I mean, we had to, her energy level, she hadn't been able to practice, uh, and then she was, it was actually uh, had to go back to the locker room a couple times, not feeling well. Uh, she was supposed to start coming out of the second half and came to me 30 seconds before the horn and said, I got to, you know, um, just nauseous and, and that kind of thing. She's such a tough kid. I mean, um, I've been really, I've talked about this before. Briley's had to play through some things. Serena, um, Gabby has had to play through some things. I've been, pleased with our group in that regards but um i didn't really have to adjust the game plan uh, she actually played through it extremely well and uh you know did everything she could um so no no we were and she told me straight up i'm playing you know <laughs> I'm, I'm playing this game <laughs> so there wasn't any i, I um she just um yeah, she ended up playing. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I think she played 31 or 32 minutes. 
I like that. She's got that Patrick Mahomes mentality. She's going to play unless you absolutely have to take her out. I, I like that a lot. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, luckily, you know, you got a couple of days because the KU game is on Sunday, and that's who you play next in Allen Fieldhouse. Jayhawks 13 to 5, really hot non con, and now, you know, 3 and 4 in Big 12 play. But, and by the way, that game's on ESPNU at 5 o'clock on Sunday. But I guess, is the best way to describe KU is still that, that three headed monster look? You know, yeah. I mean, they've got a center that's in all the WNBA mock drafts. She's, she had a terrific year last year. Really came on late in the year. She's improved offensively. Really good shot blocker. Uh, they've got Kirschkeeter who's really playing well. They've got Franklin at the point who feels like she's been there forever. Um, they've got a veteran team um, that has kind of grown up over the last couple years. So they, they they've had a very very good uh, very very good year so far. Um, should be a great game over in Lawrence. Um, yeah, you can find it on ESPNU as you're flipping back and forth between the AFC Championship game and our game, right? Because yeah. it, it, it's almost at the same. I think we start maybe 30, 40 minutes earlier than that, but um, um, plenty of sports on Sunday. Don't worry, Coach. I'm going to have both games on. Uh, that's why I got two right. TVs with the fire <laughs> sticks. It can be done. Uh, Coach, best of luck against the Jayhawks on Sunday. We'll be talking to you soon. Okay, Mitch. Thanks. KC Women's Basketball Coach Jeff Mitty here on the game. What do you think, Travion? Should we keep it here? Do a little Ask Us Anything? And you get us out when we need to get out? Sure, that's fine with me. All right, well, if you're teed up and ready to go, we'll just wait for this music patiently here. Oh, here we go. All right, we're in business. Again, we're off at 5 o'clock, everybody. We got ESPN Radio coming up next. So I can get out to Manhattan High School. What's an unpopular opinion you have? Oh man! I guess uh, we we can make it sports related. Sport. Ooh. Uh, uh You know, I, I, I think I've been told this is an unpopular opinion, but I think um, in Stillwater, uh, Boone Pickens, I think that's a bad stadium. I think it's a terrible stadium, and I think a lot of people have disagreed with it. It's unique in its own way, but I think it's kind of a pile of crap. It just, wow. it is <laughs> it is a Taj Mahal on the outside. As soon as you get inside, it's nothing great. And it just looks like scrap metal that was welded together to make bleachers. And you can't even get to every bleacher through stairs. You got to climb over rows. I remember having to climb over two rows to get to my seat when I was there in 19. That doesn't sound that fun. I don't know. I... I don't have too many unpopular opinions. Well, okay, well, here here's the unpopular opinion. I think Darren Sproles is the GOAT of K-State football, not Michael Bishop. Darren Sproles. Because? Uh, well, okay. well I mean, it, it's hard to compare them because you got two different positions. You know, Michael had a great arm, fantastic running quarterback. He was a trailblazer for running quarterbacks. Um, but I mean, Darren Sproles, you know, of course, led K State to a Big Twelve championship game. He's a absolute record breaker. Which, and also, he was here for his full career. Did not transfer. Uh, his records, a lot of them, will probably never be touched. Near two thousand yards, a couple of years, nearly had two thousand yards that two thousand three season. I mean, I can go on and on. Everybody will have an argument for either one. But I think I think Darren Sproles is the goat. 
Do you have any unpopular opinions? Could be anything. I think Michael is not the best Jackson. How dare you? Oh no. Um, I think that Paris Hilton's album isn't that bad. Ooh. People really crap on it, and I don't <laughs> think it's that bad. <laughs> That's actually a really good one. Because I thought it was a pile of junk. <laughs> All right, we got a bounce for Travion. I'm Mitch, Manhattan Bowl, online only at five, at six, and then on, on air. Jeez, I'm butchering this. It's 630 with the girls in McPherson. For Trey, I'm Mitch. Go Cats.